Did you know that Nika AATC offers self-paced online courses on a growing range of topics aimed at helping you improve health outcomes for people with HIV? These interactive courses can typically be completed in about an hour and cover multidisciplinary topics such as smoking cessation in people with HIV, geriatric assessment and integration and models of care, managing difficult behaviors in HIV care settings, and using Zoom as a virtual workspace. Self-paced online courses are offered on RISE, Nika AATC's online learning platform. Courses are designed for healthcare providers providing patient care for people with HIV, including physicians, physician assistants, nurses, pharmacists, case managers, outreach workers, and other disciplines. To explore online courses for HIV care professionals, navigate to www.nikaatc.org slash rise-courses. That's www.nikaatc.org forward slash R-I-S-E dash C-O-U-R-S-E-S or click the link in the podcast episode description. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Marina Breitman. Today, I'm sitting down with John Farragon to talk about some new CDC data that looks at trends in PrEP use from 2020 to 2022. Welcome again, John. Yeah, thanks, Marina. Happy to be back. So, John, what can you tell us about the rate of new HIV infections and how that ties in with the goals of the Ending the HIV Epidemic Plan? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think I can start here and say, you know, I think many of us are aware of, of most of the EHE work that we're doing that the CDC has really established. You know, some of these goals are basically to get new infections down by 90% by 2030, meaning that new infections would be under 3,000 patients per year. So as part of this plan, you know, it's really test more people, but rapid start is also an important piece. And then we're also trying to look at some of these mini epidemics leading to new cases of HIV. And while there's been really hard work at this, new infections are still around 35 to 36,000 per year. And more importantly, about 15% of the, of the people in the U.S. are living with HIV and don't know, um, haven't been tested and are, are unaware of their diagnosis. So that, that mean, what that means, Marianne, is that we have basically 15% of the like maybe 1.2 million people are walking around with HIV and don't realize that they have it and that they potentially have unprotected sex or you know, even share share needles with somebody, they could potentially, you know, transmit uh, transmit HIV. So that's really a, a big concern. But really the goal here is to get people under 3,000 uh, new infections by, by 2030. Can you talk a little bit about the new data from the CDC that was recently released? Yeah, so I think this is important. So the CDC recently released some new data uh, on PrEP for 2022. So what they do is every once in a while, you'll see um, you'll see new data coming out uh, on the CDC website. Now, to be just to be clear for everybody, this is preliminary data, but they actually have some really good infographics already that are developed. So I think you know some of this will pan out. It's kind of some of the final numbers, but things might change a little bit here and there. But um, what's very good news, I think, about the use of PrEP, Mariana, is that for persons at risk for HIV, there was there was a there was what I think is a really great increase in the numbers, and for the very first time for 2022. More than a third of the people in the U.S. who could benefit from PrEP, so PWFP, so people who would benefit from PrEP, you know, um, they basically um, that over a third of those patients are actually on PrEP now overall. 
So if we look back at the previous year's numbers for like 2019, um, uh, this was this was 23 percent. 2020 it was 25 percent, and 2021 it got the 30. But for 2022 we're at 36 percent, so over a third of the patients. So really very very encouraging increases overall in the use of prep. So obviously there's a lot of people that could benefit from prep, and if they could, you know we're at a third of those patients at least at least have been on. Um, uh, on PrEP in 2022, so really, really good numbers. What it helps us to do is this data helps us, it, it, and what it means is that at least we're, we're in some way moving the needle, I guess, in the right direction. So most importantly, we just need to continue to be sure populations at greatest risk receive this important intervention to prevent HIV infection. Um, it, it also shows progress in increasing PrEP uptake in virtually all of the EHE jurisdictions. So there's jurisdictions that have been identified that's kind of like um, places that require additional funding or additional work uh, to get people on PrEP. And despite the unprecedented public health challenges that we faced, uh, the funding recipients uh, faced during the period with the COVID-19 pandemic and even outbreaks related to MPOX consumed considerable resources um, as EAG efforts were getting underway, they still were able to increase PrEP in 2022 to, to about a third of the patients uh, who, who would need it. We're actually on it. So really great numbers, I think, and some good data from CDC that was recently released that helps us kind of uh, look at the look at these uh, uh, to look at what these rates are for prep use. What about individual subgroups? Are we doing just as well everywhere? Yeah. So John, so so Mary, this is this is a, a great question that people ask us all the time. Say, John, you know, what do you think about you know what, what about what do you think about the numbers in in, in different populations? And I think. Despite these successes of, of over a third, the disparities and gaps in coverage remain. And you know we've covered this before on different uh, different podcasts. But while the data shows improvement in prep prescriptions uh, among all racial and ethnic groups from from 2019 to 22, the reach of this strategy is far from equal. And so, if we look at white patients, so Caucasian white, 94% who could benefit from prep have been prescribed it. And only 13% of Black and only, and only 24% of Hispanic Latino patients who could have benefited from PrEP have been prescribed it. So, so much, much higher in white patients, 13% for Black and 24% for Hispanic. And again, these disparities uh, um, you know, amongst race are also um, similar for, for males and females also exist. So the 2022 preliminary data indicate that more than 40% of males who could benefit from PrEP were prescribed it compared to just 15% of females. So clearly a lot of work needs to get done um, to improve these numbers. Uh, in addition, um, there's evidence that social, some of these social determinants of health uh, that cause may even exacerbate many of these disparities in their outcomes. And so for example, most new HIV infections in 2021 were among gay and bisexual men. And the majority of women, of, of the majority of whom were Black or Hispanic Latino. And about one-fifth of the new HIV infections in 2021 were among women, and over half of those were among Black and Black women. So the bottom line here, it's, you know, there's also there's disparities in race, but also disparities in male versus female as well, as well. And despite these great increases in effort and success, these numbers clearly highlight the importance of focusing uh, programs to not, not only improve uh, prevention and treatment overall, but recognizing some of the people who are disproportionately affected groups, for example, Black and Hispanic, Latino men and women. That's going to be the big challenge, I think, and as, as we look at PrEP, uh, PrEP uptake in, in the future, is trying to look at some of these different populations to see what do we need to do, not just uh, 
not just for, for people who just not for accessing PrEP, but also for treatment, uh, treatment for those patients if they are identified as living with HIV, but also what are we going to do as an AETC for us um, to provide education and training to the providers that are reaching out to those patients to get them on get them on HIV prevention medications. And what is the CDC doing to change this? Well, again, um, Mariana, this is all according to the CDC report, but they really do continue to still work to increase prep outreach in communities with unmet needs. And this includes some recent funding for STI and other clinics to deliver prep as part of a comprehensive um, sexual health services and expanding campaigns to reach Black women. Um, despite these efforts, the, the report acknowledges that prevention resources have not kept up with uh, kept pace with the needs. And I think, you know, STI funding is really, really a key piece and where we I ho hopefully are really identifying new patients for, for PrEP. Um, uh, one of the, uh, uh, one of the biggest issues to overcoming these barriers is to, is, is um, uh, that continues to hinder PrEP uptake. And, and, and these can, can include lack of knowledge, uh, lack of trusted or easily accessible PrEP providers in many communities. So if you don't trust your provider or they don't have the knowledge to provide PrEP, you know, this is really a big challenge and really something that we do as an ATC to make sure people are trained. So what we really have to do is to, to make it, to ensure equitable access to HIV testing, treatment and prevention, including PrEP. In order for all this to happen, all of us working in HIV have to increase our community outreach, I think, our education and services, and really try to address some of the root causes and social determinants um, that contribute to HIV disparities. I think without addressing these disparities, we're not going to make a difference in the addition, getting additional patients on PrEP, despite these really, you know, exciting numbers. The numbers are in, um, in for disparities of care. It, it's just not not what we need. It's not where we need to be. So I think we're all well aware of these challenges. And the question is, how do we get PrEP to these different communities? It, it's an ongoing uh, challenge for all of us. And I think in many parts of the country, um, you know, it's worse in some areas versus others. But I think making sure the providers are at least asking about sexual histories is a key piece and making sure the providers ask those questions. And I also think when people are identified as having an STI, at least that alone should prompt discussions about PrEP use, regardless of race or sex of the patient. So in my mind, what, the way I train this is basically, you know, this is uh, STIs equals PrEP. And I think that's really an important piece. As we begin to wrap up, what else do HIV care providers need to know about this? Yeah, so I think I think in wrapping up, I, I think it's just encouraging data that we I think we're all that what we're doing basically is working. And you know, we do a lot of work around prep and the HIV prevention efforts in the US are moving in the right direction, but still work is needed again to improve prep access in key in key populations, you know, obviously black, Hispanic, Latino men and women. Um, and as a reminder, we now have different prep options and we haven't talked about those uh, in a while, but we have CAB every two months, we have oral Truvada, oral Truvada on demand which is not necessarily endorsed by all the guidelines, but and it's also only for MSM. But we also have Descovia as well, which is a once-a-day option. And just note that the Descovia is not FDA approved for women or anybody who's having vaginal sex. So really four, I think, great options are available for shared decision-making between providers and patients to kind of decide what's going to be best for them for, for HIV prevention. And I think more to come in the future with investigational options that are likely to be longer-acting injectable meds and potentially even longer-acting longer tablets and even potentially implants. You know, so I think more to come on that as, as we do more podcasts in the future, and particularly into, into next year to 2024, I think we can potentially see uh, some different options that will be available in addition to the options we have today. But really, 
uh, providers just need to know the preps available and we have to offer this to our patients that are for people who are at risk for HIV. John, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about some of the highlights of some preliminary data from the CDC on PrEP use through 2022. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaaetc.org. That's www.nikaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaaetc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaaetc.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.